Good morning, church. Have you been enjoying this series? Wave your hand if you've been enjoying it. Amen. I've really been enjoying studying uh, as we've been going through this series. And this morning, a little bit different, overcoming coming silence. Are you wondering where I'm going with this? How many have experienced, or maybe you are experiencing where you just feel a little distant from the Lord? Okay, just feel a little distant, or maybe you've experienced that before where you just feel a little distant, and, and, and you remember the times when you had that closeness with the Lord, and you just haven't felt that for a while. Well, what we're going to talk about is overcoming that, where we want to help you get to that next level with the Lord, where you just, you just feel that intimate presence of God. And so this is very practical this morning, all right? So take out your note card, write some things down, because I guarantee you this is going to help you to have that intimacy on a daily basis with the Lord, where you don't feel that distance. You don't, you don't feel like he's involved in your life. I mean, sometimes you get so long without experiencing that intimacy that you wonder sometimes, are, do you really exist? And so we're going to talk about that. Um, you ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend uh, where you just really liked them and you wanted to take it to the next level? Anybody ever had somebody like that? You just wanted to, some of the married people are saying, all right, you, 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 want, you want to take it to the next level and no matter what you do, you know, you just can't seem to get that closeness. They're nice, but they're distant. You ever felt that? I mean, back in grade school, our, our junior high, where, you, you know, you write this little nice note, and then you say, would you like to be my boyfriend? Circle yes, sir. Circle no. And it comes back with a question mark. You wonder, what? Right? you just like, what? You know, have you ever, have you ever had that where you just, you wanted to take that relationship, and no matter what you do, it just, you step forward, and they step, step back just can't get that closeness. Maybe you have a mom like that. You want to take that relationship to the next level. You want to have that intimacy, but no matter what you do with your mom, you just can't seem to have that relationship. Or maybe your dad, or maybe grandpa, or maybe even your spouse. They're polite, they're nice, but you know, you just can't get that connection. Well, I want you to go to Revelation chapter 3 because we have a picture here of God literally wanting to have that kind of relationship with the church. Revelation chapter 3. The picture is God is that one that wants to have that closeness with us. He's the one that's aggressively coming after us to have that relationship with his church. And no matter what he does... The church is just a little distant. The church just stiff arms the Lord and keeps him at arm's length, won't let him in. And so the picture here is God coming. And, of course, the church is the Laodicean church, as we find the seven churches in the book of Revelation, which is the time of, of, of John. But, but the application is to us, especially Laodicean. That's this generation God is wanting to take 
his relationship with his church, and that is, who's the church? Raise your hand if you're part of the church. It's us. God wants to take our relationship that we have with him to the next level. Look what he says in verse um, 3, verse 20. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. So the picture is God standing at the church door. Now think, God's on the outside of the church. All right, That's a weird picture, isn't it? Very strange. He's on the outside and he wants to come in. However, it says, he says, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and will, notice this, share a meal together with friends. All right? God's talking to the church and he's on the outside and he's wanting to come in, but the church isn't opening the door. They're not inviting him in. Now, notice the picture, sitting down, sharing a meal with friends. That's where intimacy, especially in the Lord's Day, that's where intimacy took place. And it's the same way today when we sit down with our family and our friends and, and we just open up, we share our life together. Sharing, notice what it says, together with friends. But what happens is the church doesn't open the door. Notice whose responsibility. He's on the outside wanting to come in, but it's our responsibility to open the door and invite him in. It's in order to have this meal, in order to have this intimacy with the Lord. Now, if I were to ask you how many here want to have intimacy with the Lord, we would all say, we would raise our hand, right? Now, in order to have that, we need to hear his voice that he's knocking and then open the door. The first step is valuing his voice. Now, if I asked you, do you value his voice? This is his voice, the word of God. If I asked you, if you value this, of course, all of us would say what? Amen. And then if I would have you come up, not hand you the mic, and you, I'd say, now tell us how much time you spend in this book. All of us, every one of us, would more than likely be ashamed to even say how much time we're spending in his word. Am I correct? I mean, we say we value, but when it comes to practicality, what we really value, we spend time with, right? I value my wife. I want to spend a lot of time with my wife. I value Uh, the gym, so I spend a lot of time at the gym. I value certain things, and so I'm involved in those things. If you value something, you're going to get involved. So we say one thing because it's the right thing to say, but in practice, we do just the opposite. So I want to be very practical to help us to, to open that door, to take that relationship we have with God to the next level. And again, it's practical. You can't get any more practical than this. Okay? So, number one, let me give you four thoughts. And the message is like two hours long. So there's no way I'm going to be able to go systematically go through it. Because you're all going to be sleeping by the time I get to the end. So we're going to just let the Lord lead. That's probably a good thing in church, isn't it? Let the Lord take over the service. That doesn't mean you get to come up here and take over the mic. Amen? That's not what that means. Okay? Let the Lord take over and let him speak to us. So number one, being practical, 
Okay? How to take our relationship to the next level. How to hear the voice of God. Set an appointment. Can you get more practical than that? Set an appointment. Set an appointment with God. The best time to set an appointment for you to meet with God is at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm kidding. That's not my best time. All right? Your best time is when you're alert and you're ready and you're prepared. Now, for, for, we're all at different places. Now, how many 5 o'clock is really the best time for you? Whoa. That's fantastic. There are like 20 of you here. That's un- unbelievable. My best time. Now, at 5 o'clock, I'm on my face before the Lord. I am. <laughs> That's where I'm at. So let's just leave it there. Amen? All right. Set an appointment. As we look at Scripture, let's go to Exodus chapter 19, and let's just look at this as we think about... Now, let me say this before we jump into the set appointment. You don't only have to have an appointment with God, to meet with God. I meet with God several times during the day. The other day, I'm driving home. I, 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 it was 5 o'clock. Now, I think about it. I dropped J- Jeremiah off at the lake, and I'm driving back at like 5.15. And so I set my phone... I'm, I'm, I'm reading, and I'm going over and over and over Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians. So I turn, turn the book on, and I'm listening to Ephesians as I'm driving back home after I drop him off. And so in the very beginning of the book, I mean, it's, it's just, at the very beginning of the book, it's, it's, the, it's the message translation. It's, it's, uh, so w- when you listen to the Word of God, let me just set this out there. Get an expressive translation when you're wanting to learn and grow, not an a, uh, uh, exact translation. Okay, so anyway, th- that's the best way to hear and read is, that, is the expression where you can learn and grow. So, so I'm driving down the road, and, and Paul comes on. At the very beginning of the book, it says, Paul, a, a, uh, a servant of the Lord, all right? It's, it's a... And, and, servant of the Lord, and, and that's the King James in me. But the message said this, the, the Paul, a special agent of the Lord to the church at Ephesus. And I didn't think much about it. I just went on down the road, just, just took off. I'm driving and listening to the rest of it. But that kept, that kept popping up in my mind. A special agent of the Lord Jesus Christ to the church at Ephesus. And you know who I'm thinking of, right? Missions Impossible. Tom Cruise. How many, how many thought of that special agent when you, how about, how about 007? Did you, did, you, did you think of that? I mean, instantly we think of that. And so I'm thinking, man, so, so I grabbed my journal when I got home and I started writing um, Paul, a special agent of Jesus Christ. I mean, it just makes it, just, it just brings it into, and then all of a sudden, whoa, Tim Fleener a special agent of Jesus Christ. Whoa, baby. Amen? Fleener, a special agent of Jesus Christ, sent to a special people in Springfield, Missouri. I wrote that in my journal. And all of a sudden, I was excited. I'm a special agent. I am an ambassador of Jesus Christ to this area. Now, that's how it spoke to me. I didn't have no set appointment, but I'm just saying we'd have our appointments anytime. And, and so then you bring it on down. It's not just to me. Go to the book 
of Ephesus, the book of Ephesians, and look at chapter 1 and the few verses there, you'll see that's exactly. You are a special agent in real life church sent out, now listen, to help people find and help people follow Jesus Christ. You are a special agent. And I said, oh, we're, we're so, so used to, oh yeah, servant of Jesus Christ. But when you put it into reality, that's what we are. We're sent from God as special agents to a people that don't know him so that we can help them find and follow Jesus Christ. Isn't that good stuff? How many wave your hands and say, woo! Yeah, uh, yeah, uh-huh. Okay, that's good enough, though, because we've got to go on. All right, so, so meeting a special agent, but an appointment with God. We need an appointment with God. Now, let me just say this. If you don't have an appointment, guess what? You're barely going to have the meetings at all. And so what happens, instead of an appointment, it's a missed appointment. And then you look back over the years and you look at all of these missed appointments, all of these missed opportunities. So really what it turns out to be, it's not no longer a missed appointment, it's a disappointment. You following? People who live disappointed lives look back and the reason they're living disappointed lives is because they missed all the appointments they had with God where he literally spoke to them right out of the book. They didn't have those appointments. So if you don't have those appointments, guess what? You're going to have misappointments that are going to turn into disappointments. And that's not what we want. All right. We never did get to the scripture, did we? Didn't I say we're just going to let the Lord lead? Amen? How many are with me? Say amen. amen. All right. We should be our way down to the third point, but we're not. Okay. Then the Lord told Moses, go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Now, this is God speaking to Moses. He says, consecrate them today and tomorrow, and I will, and have them wash their clothes. Verse 11. Do we have verse 11? There we go. Be sure they are ready on the third day. Now watch this. For on that day, the Lord will come down on the Mount Sinai as all the people watch. What's God saying here? He's setting an appointment, isn't he? He's setting an appointment where I'm coming down. But all through those verses and several more, you'll see that you had to have a prepared people. And I'd really like to preach on that, but I can't. So let's just stick with the one thing. Appointment. Have an appointment with the Lord. All right, so set an appointment. Number two, we, got, we have to go. But just write that in your notes this morning. You need to have an appointment because if you don't have an appointment, you're going to miss it. On your, on your, on your best time, whether it be at night, uh, I used to have my appointments. So I went to school full-time and had a full-time job. At lunchtime, I sat there by my lathe, just me, and I read the Bible. Didn't have the word on the phone back then. I had the big Bible open, and I was reading, and I was writing. Of course, people were making fun of me and so on. That didn't matter. But I was having my quiet time because that's all I had. Be creative in that. Number two, be still and worship. Number two, talking about how to get rid of that distant you feel with the Lord. That, that, that distant that you just don't feel he's there. You don't feel he's present. As Christians, we need to come before the Lord, 
Be still and worship. Psalms 46 verse 10 says exactly that. Be still, now notice what it says, and know. Now that's important. Be still and know that I am God. All right, so, so when we set that appointment, the first thing we do is we come and we, we're still and we're in our mind, we're recognizing that he is God. Okay? But we're also worshiping the Lord. Now, what do I mean by worship? I'm singing to the Lord. Let's look what Exodus chapter 14. And we have it on the screen, but I'm going to read a couple more verses on top of that. Exodus 14, verse 13 says, But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. This is when, when they came out of Egypt and getting ready to, to cross the Red Sea. Don't be afraid. Just stand still. There it is again. And watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, now this is powerful, you will never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now normally when we come before the Lord, the first thing we do is what? Help! Right? Usually it's, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need need you to move. And, And yet, you come before the Lord and you silent and know that he's God and understand that he's going to do your battles for you. He, he, he's going to fight your battles. Now, let's go to Chronicles. That's where 2 Chronicles chapter, what, verse 20, chapter 20. Again, I'm going to read as you look at the screen. Now, this is so good. So when I say so good, everybody say so good. Because I want you to listen and be awake during that, this, this moment. Amen? This is so good. <laughs> this is so good. Amen. All right. So look at verse 20 with me. In our verse 17, excuse me. It says, okay, so let me explain a little bit. Two nations were coming down against Judea and Israel. They're coming down and going to destroy Jehoshaphat and the people. And so verse 17, it says, but you will not even need to fight. How many here have battles that you're in right now? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Okay, we all have battles. To say you're not in a battle, well, you just came out of one. Are you getting ready to go in one? Okay, we all have battles. Could be your marriage. Okay, could be your finances. Oh, I didn't know you something about that. Okay, we all have battles. Okay, so Israel's facing a huge battle where the enemy is coming down. Yours might be your job, your career. Uh, it could be a number of things. Your family members, you're, you're, you're in this battle. So, so follow this through. It says, of course, they were coming down. And he told the people, you don't need to fight. Take your position, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. Oh, people of Judah and Jerusalem. So he, he's calming them down. He's saying, I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. Okay, now it's very interesting what he does here. Jump down to verse 21. I gave you those verses, didn't I? Verse 21. All right. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers. The king appointed singers to go ahead of the army. <laughs> so he's getting ready for the fight. And, and God sends Judea and Jerusalem uh, up to face their enemies. 
But he tells them you're not going to need to fight, but just go up there. But as you're going to face your enemies, they're coming down to kill him. He said, send your singers ahead of the armies. Don't you love that? Corey, Nick, where's the other Corey? I mean, that's what we're going to do to you. Every time there's a battle, we're just going to send you singers out in front of us. Take the first shot. All right? So that's what they sent the singers out ahead of the army. Now notice what happens. The singers begin to sing. Did you hear that singing? That was cool. <laughs> singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. They get ready, ready to tell us what? Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. So here they're facing their battle. And instead of slapping themselves in the face and hitting themselves with a sword and getting ready to fight, they're worshiping, praising God's love. <laughs> Can you picture it? Can you see? Get, here you are having a big fight with your wife, and all of a sudden you stop and say, the Lord is so good. His love for me endures forever. Oh, God, you're so good. And she's, he's over here still screaming. You're just praising him. You know, can you even fathom that? That's what's happening here. Notice the next verse. At that very moment. What moment? Uh, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord calls the army. He, he got the army to begin to look at themselves and start killing themselves. The Lord... If you stop fighting your battles, he'll take over and fight for you. But first, first you've got to be still and know that he's God and worship him for who he is. Uh, recognize that he's not some God that's just in heaven. Oh, I'm just going to give my magic wand. And here's a blessing for you, Timmy. And here's a blessing for John. Here's a blessing for George. That's, not, that's religion. Can I say this in church? That's crap. Can I, can I say that? Can I hear the only one amen? I need more amen for that. I'm, make sure I'm in a real life church here. All right. That's not our picture of our God. Our God, the picture is he's involved in every detail of our, he's sovereign and in control of every aspect of life. All right. So at that very moment, he jumps out and fights. And the great thing, we really need to read some of these more. It's, oh, I don't have time, but it's fantastic. They come over the hill. After this one guy destroys themselves, they come over the hill, and this group begins to, well, first they fight each other, and then they destroy themselves. So it's, and the Israelites come over the hill, and they look down, and they see dead bodies everywhere, as far as the eye can see, because they stopped and recognized who God is. And they worshiped him. And God stepped in and did their battle. I'm telling you, your battles that you're involved with, God wants to fight for you. He wants to, but listen. Open the door. Allow him in. By setting that appointment. And worshiping the Lord. Go to Acts chapter three, 13, verse 2. One more verse. I'm just talking about when you worship God, how God moves in Acts. Fight your battles, but also listen to this. This is when uh, uh, Paul the Apostle and Bar um, Barnabas was uh, actually getting called to church planning. They're all at the church praying. 
And as one day, as these men were worshiping the Lord, catch that, and fasting, they were praying, the Holy Spirit, what? Spoke. What were they doing? They were worshiping and praying and fasting. Okay, God spoke and said, take Barnabas and Saul, Paul, and I want them to plant churches. You want to get that, that relationship where there's intimacy with you and the Lord? You want to get closer? Okay, you, you set that appointment. Worship God. Well, how do you worship God? Well, you don't walk out of church and put your earbuds in and driving down the road, sticking your arm out the car and, and singing these worship songs. Yeah, you know, that's... Or you're at the gym and you're just screaming. You ever been at the gym? And you're looking over and there's these, these guys dancing and just, you know, just... You're thinking, oh, good night. Anybody ever done it? I try not to look because it's very entertaining, you know, and everybody else is looking, but you don't want to be part of that group that's, that's looking, right? Amen? So you're just kind of like that... I mean, that's not how you worship the Lord. It's how you get attention, all right? But you can sing and worship and lift up your hands and just know that he's God. This is silence and then worship. Singing praises to God. The main idea as you're singing praises, which our worship music is fantastic, our guys are doing a fantastic job, literally making Christ the center of our worship. Number, number three, Okay. Read and pray, okay? We find in the book of Mark's, the book of Mark, uh, Jesus goes off by himself. Several times in the Gospels, he's going off by himself. He's spending time with the Lord, okay? Psalms 119, uh, verse 47, talks about the same thing, about getting alone with the Lord. One of the, one of the, probably, the question I'm asked the most is where when somebody gets saved, where do I read in the Bible? I mean, look, it, it, it just that all the time. I, and and the, I'm going to tell you where to read. Is that okay? I'm going to have the boldness to tell you. Read on the inside. Amen? Because the Bible says that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. This book is God-breathed to us. All of it. Okay, so, so some people read a Proverbs every day. There's... You know, there's 31 Proverbs. You can, if it's the fifth day, you read Proverbs chapter 5. It's the 20th day, you read Proverbs chapter 20. A lot of people do that. A lot of great stuff in the book of Proverbs. Some people read one chapter a day in the Old Testament and one chapter a day in the New Testament. And then others read through the Bible in a year. There's all kinds of plans out there. I do want to give you permission, however. When you come to the begats, okay, you're so-and-so begat so-and-so, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so begat so-and-so, and pretty soon, you're begat tired, right? How many of you ever fell asleep when you're reading the Bible? Yeah, I, I have many times. I usually get on the side of my bed when I, and I'm on my knees and I'm reading, okay? And before you know it, your head's right on the pillow. So, so, so I'm going to give you permission as a man of God I'm going to give you permission. When it comes to begats, begats, you can skip past them. As your pastor, as a man of God, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a permission to skip past the begats until you get old enough to understand the begats. There's a lot of fantastic stuff there in the begats, all right? I mean, fantastic, deep truth. 
But I'm giving you permission that you can beget the begets. Amen? All right, so, so uh, read and pray. Very important. Number three, listen and write. Listen and write. Now, this is really, really important. This is so important. Have we already forgot? I mean, it's only been 15 minutes. When I say so important, you're supposed to say so important. Like you're really into it. Okay, are we ready? Or do you want me to pray? And... Man, this is so important. Amen, amen. Okay, listen and write. Okay, so I, I want to go to a couple of passages of Scripture. Psalms chapter 45 and verse 1. Uh, we got this on the message, so you understand it. Um, basically, um, that's definitely not the one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, so, David, so David is writing poems to God. Okay, as God is speaking, he's writing all these poems, and he's literally interpreting what God says, but he's writing it in poems. Another time, David is, is uh, uh, listening to the Lord as God has given David details for the temple, and he's writing as fast as he can. Now, I want to encourage you to write because it's so rich. I know a lot of people that have journaled over the years. And they have journal after journal. They have piles of journals that they can look back on their lives and how God spoke to them here and spoke to them there and literally how God led them to where they're at today. It's through journaling. It's through listening and asking questions about those journals. Now, let me give you, let me give you an illustration of this, okay? Uh, on July 3rd, I get up at 2.30 in the morning, so I go in the kitchen, and I'm having my quiet time. So, which is not normal, by the way. So I'm up, and I'm reading. Of course, I'm reading in the book of Ephesians. And it comes to this word, blessed is the Lord God. And I'm reading out of King James. Of course, and I have my phone out, and I'm reading my phone, and I have this app that gives me the Strong's definition of each word. So it says, blessed is the Lord God, the Father, the Lord God. Okay, so, so I... <laughs> Blessed? What's he talking about? And so I looked up that word blessed. Now listen, it's different. It means adoration. It means adorable. It literally means adorable. So so why why would he say this? What's so adorable about God? And then, then I go a little bit deeper In that same verse, it gave us the reason why he's so adorable. Because he had us in mind. So I journaled, I I said, God is adorable. And I said, because he has me on his mind. And of course, the first thought I thought was, and I really want to bring my journal and read what I wrote, but I forgot it at home. And so I said, what is he thinking? I want to know what he's thinking about me, right? Anybody like that? I mean, he had me on his mind. Well, this was before the foundation of the world, so what was he thinking? God knows the end from the beginning, right? So he's thinking about me before he created the world. That's mind-blowing enough. Okay, what's he thinking? Is he thinking what I would think? He's thinking, what an idiot, right? He blew it. 
No. I go on to think it's because of his love. He chose me to be the focus of his love, is what it said. All right? So, so I write that down. Tim Fleener, you know, he's so adorable. The Bible says, we love God because he first loved us. So because he loves us and I'm the focus of his love, I can literally worship him and adore him because all of a sudden I understand that I am the object of his love. Now follow my thinking here, all right? Okay. So I said, okay, how does he express his love? And literally four things I got from the book of Ephesians as I read down through like verse 8 of things. And see if I can remember, okay? God is adorable, first of all, because I'm adopted. And it goes into this, and I'm going by memory here because I don't have my... I put, I put adoption. And then off the side of it, it says, God took great joy. Now, I didn't write that until after I read it. And this is the, this is the message. God took great joy in planning my adoption. Before the foundation of the world, God's thinking about me, but he's taking great joy as he's planning my adoption. That's crazy. And of course, I'm, I'm sobbing at this point, right? As I'm writing this down, God's speaking to me directly from the book. That all of a sudden he's looking down and even though my life is complete, as I look backward, it's complete chaos. God is enjoying bringing me into the family and adopting me. The process. So I'm just excited, so I'll go on. So, so the next thing is it says, he made me acceptable. Flawless in his sight. So I write that down. Okay. I adore God and God is adorable because he's brought me in the family and he's enjoying this planning to bring me into the family. And then he makes me flawless. He's made me acceptable in his sight. That's to do with the death, the burial. And all of a sudden, I'm worshiping God because he's made me not only accepted, but flawless. And thirdly, it talked about he had a plan for my life. You see where this is going? He adopted me. He made me flawless. And then he's got a plan. <laughs> Two or, or 7,000, 6,000 years ago, we're talking, he looked at me and had all this going and, and probably a lot even further than that because it says before the foundations of the world, he's looking down and he's thinking all this stuff and he's enjoying creating a plan for me. You see why I need to listen when I hear that knock? Listen and then write. What happens if you don't write? I have no clue what he said yesterday. It was so good. How many are like that? Is it just me? I can't remember why I walked into the room. Let alone what God said to me yesterday. Everybody with me? So I, I got a journal, and, and that's why I'm having trouble remembering all this, because I journaled it. But I'm telling you, it was fantastic. But it all comes from the fact that I value the voice of God. I do not want to live a disappointed life. So I want to keep my appointments. But the only way I can do it is asking for his help and his strength because I can't do it on my own. Life is busy. 
and I get off on making money or I get off on this and I get off on this and I forget the most important thing and that is letting him in the door to fight my battles so that I can literally raise my hand and adore him and believe in my heart he's adorable because most of the time our thoughts isn't God's adorable most of the time our thought is is he there so we 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 got to get to the point this is why this is in the overcomer overcomer series as I've been praying about this most Christians do not even have a quiet time I don't want real life to have that I want us to get I want us to get faithful in having our devotion so so that when we come together on Sunday morning God is here why we're a prepared people for a prepared place we got to be that prepared people what would happen if I mean God shows up in a prepared atmosphere he does what would happen if you walked in the door and there's no one at the back door no one paying attention everybody's over in one corner you'd say we're not a wrong church what happens if you took your kids down to Sunday school class or junior church class or real life kids class and you go down there and there's no teacher Are you coming, you sit down, you Sunday morning, and there's, there's no band. It's just me. Kind of different, right? God shows up when there's a prepared people. Not just any. I'm talking about this heart being ready and this heart being prepared. Listen, God speaks when a heart is prepared. And that means coming to God and just being honest. God... I'm here, and I want to be silent, and I will worship you, and I'm really upset about something, and I need to get this off my chest, and just be honest with God. He's got big shoulders, amen? He, he, he can handle it, but we've got, we've got to get to the place where we just know that he's God, know that he is awesome, and he's sovereign, and then worship him, and then come to him with our hearts open wide and just just cry out to, you know you know what you should pray about you say now preacher you're going to tell me what to pray about yes pray what's ever on your heart you get a phone call from your kids you know it's on your heart just pray about it write that down write that in your journal i'm praying about this and then make a whole list of things and then when god answers it you go back and click check them all off so that you can see God is moving. A lot of times, God moves, and we, we thank God, and then we go on to a couple of days. Why doesn't he answer prayer? We need to look back at that and say, man, you moved. I didn't even see it. I didn't even notice it. So I'm going to cut it off right here this morning, okay? I'm going to just ask you a question, a couple of questions. Do you have an appointment that you meet with God every day? If you don't, then you're going to be disappointed in the future. If you're not already disappointed, you need that. Let me ask you that. How many of you, don't raise your hand, you, you just you still have that distance there between you and God? It's like that girlfriend or that boyfriend that you try to get close to. I'm giving you a laid out plan here where you literally are reaching up and opening the door and inviting him in. But it's a matter of, are we willing to try it? 
We want to say, okay, Lord, for 30 days, this is my time. I want to think about what time. 30 days, I'm going to spend right here and I'm going to get into your word every single day. I'm going to worship and I'm going to uh, be silent as I come before the Lord. If you try that for 30 days, I guarantee it, revolution. And then write down some of the thoughts. If I wouldn't have wrote down Ephesians, because when I write down how God speaks to me, I'd have never been able to give the illustrations. The two illustrations happened this week as I'm in the book of Ephesians. Just the book. I've, 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 I've listened to it like seven, eight times. But I read and studied the areas that God spoke. I literally jumped into those pages and tore them apart. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But, but let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a moment. And, and, and I quit early to give you time this morning to come forward. Now, you can, you can sit there and promise, promise the Lord in your seat that you're going to have that quiet time. But, but I'm asking you, as your pastor, to step forward this morning and ask God for help, to be faithful in your quiet times. And literally take this, if you want to call it a formula, these steps or whatever you want to do, and then ask him to help you follow these steps. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to open it up for you this morning to step out and ask God. God, I'm opening the door. Will you come in and sit with me and sup with me? Father, we just come to you this morning. Just thank you so much for your word. Lord, it's so rich and so powerful. God, I pray this morning for each person here at Real Life that you would help us to make that commitment for 30 days. And then, Father, we're asking for strength to help us follow through. Help us, Father, to test you over the next 30 days. Help us to set that appointment and then be faithful. Give us that tenacity, Father, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. Oh, God, help us to overcome the silence because we're not having our appointment. In Jesus' name, head bowed, eyes closed. This morning, if you want to come forward, why don't you do that right now? And And just ask God to help you to be faithful. Will you come this morning? Just step out. Just step out and do the right thing today. Will you come? Most of the time, what happens in these invitations, this is just between you and God, is something's holding us back from stepping forward and saying, God, help me to be faithful. I'm asking you right here, right now, overcome that fear of what might people think or whatever. Overcome. That's what this series is all about. Overcome. You know you want to be faithful. You know you want that daily appointment. Just come this morning, will you? Just come. Just you and God.